74 Tango Whiskey, 2.6 for 3,000, uh, 140 on Flyers conspiracy theory, Dan Hilferty secretly has back channels to Gary Bettman. And he says, Gary, if you want the Flyers to stick around, give us Connor. We're going to stay in, in where we are in our building. And we're going to be a model franchise again. And you get to give a middle finger to the NBA once again when you left. Because they didn't want to make you commissioner, Gary. Gary, remember that, Gary? And then you went to the NHL, and you can give the 76ers the finger and say, fuck you. Now you got Connor Bedard in Philadelphia. Oh, that would be great. What a conspiracy theory that would be. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, people. There you go. So, like, that's a good question, though. And I always kind of wondered this. So with the draft lottery, right? They used to use ping pong balls, which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You can see the actual ball being extracted from the hopper. Now they use a series of numbers or something like that. Yeah. Is there any transparency now in terms of exactly how the selections work? I don't know that they show you the cards, but they'll show you the card, but I don't think there's the how it gets there. I don't think is a public system anymore. No. They, They hire an accounting firm like Deloitte. Or standard chartered, yeah. or uh, Ernst and Young, <laughs> yeah, one of the one of those kind of crew, and they basically have the their scenario in the back, and they figure it all out, and then they put it all on the cards, and they give it to Bill Daly, and he stands there like a fucking moron, and just yeah. pulls them up, and 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 tells you who it is, yeah. But I mean, there's no like actual like let's have a camera and like let's actually yeah. show people that's what i want yeah that's what everybody would want but they won't do that there, there was that the... there was that story that the knicks got patrick ewing because they put the new york knicks uh card in the freezer and then when they brought it out the guy just went and picked the cold one knowing that it was the new york knicks ah yeah and then he would be like oh here it is uh, oh new york wins the number one overall pick yeah. oh isn't that great yeah <laughs> that's yeah, that's the kind of horse shit that i'm sure the nhl is going to be up to why don't they i mean they should bring back the fucking hopper with the ping pong balls i'd love that <laughs> be so amazing you know like a little you know like an arm goes in and selects them and there's some air and they're shooting up around and you know, and the little glass hopper and a mechanical arm comes down and snatches one of the balls and then it opens its hand up and you see the team logo or something. <laughs> if the lottery was rigged, do you think the Flyers stand a chance to actually get it this year? I feel like of the bottom teams, there's a lot more stock in the Flyers kind of turning their shit around than pretty much anybody else down there. Who the fuck are the Let's see, bottom teams... Sharks doesn't matter. Columbus doesn't matter. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago's pretty high in there. Ducks doesn't fucking matter. Montreal, God, is below us right now. Eh, maybe, but they're kind of in the right direction as is. Arizona doesn't matter. 
Canucks are there because he would be Bedard is the hometown kid, so that would be interesting. But I feel like of the lottery teams, those would be the only three that you know. If if there was a uh, higher power making the calls here, mm-hmm. yeah, because there's incentive, you know, for the league. There's incentive for the league to maximize dollars in, in its major markets. Yes, and Philadelphia and Chicago are two of the largest, best markets that the league has in terms of gate revenue, TV viewership, merchandising, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, the league is going to, you know, as much as they might want to grow other markets and whatnot, at the end of the day, they need to make sure that their fat cats stay fat, so yes. to speak. Yep. And the Flyers really could are use... so lost in the woods at this point. <laughs> an injection here. <laughs> you know. um, yeah, to get back up. Now, at the same time... Um, I personally think that it's rigged in Chicago's favor. Um, I think that the Blackhawks are going to get the pick. I think that, that the league wants them to have that with Caves and Tain departing. Um, it's a natural progression to bring in the next superstar. So Chicago can continue to play in every outdoor game and get, you know, maximize that market. Um, but there's an argument to be made that the Flyers should. The Flyers should have to be hurting more Flyers. financially right now than the Blackhawks. Yes. Are, right? Yes, they would be. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. So the league needs to do a solid and give the Flyers that pick. Or there is no God. Pittsburgh misses <laughs> the playoffs and they oh, fucking win. I would I would never watch hockey again. Yeah, that might be it. That would be proof that the hockey gods just want to just completely humiliate just dick slap mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Flyers. If that happens, wow. They can it's still possible. Vault, it's they not possible. Yeah. They can still vault the Flyers, though. Imagine that they pick, like, fifth and we pick sixth. That'd be great. <laughs> I would be so mad. <laughs> Ron Hextall's, like, just... Yeah, I did it again. I got him again. He's gonna pick somebody from Brandon from Brandon <laughs> Wheat Kings. There is a guy in Brandon that's a top twelve guy. Jesus. Nate Danielson. You know the Penguins? They they were uh, played the Phantoms the other week, and I noticed Jack Saint Ivany plays for them now. Oh, so he God, got one of his name. draft picks back. Oh, signed one boy. of them. Didn't Jack- Mark Friedman go on waivers? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Fucking Mark Friedman. Jesus. What a guy. Oh, that was an epic three hours when Twitter lost its mind. Mark Friedman was gone for no reason. Why? Why did he go? Like, didn't he play like his first game with the Penguins against the Flyers? Now, like a goal or something? He only played like two or three games that entire season, and I believe they were all against the Flyers, if I remember <laughs> yeah, correctly. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, he's even played that much NHL time at all since he got uh, Mark Freed. He's been on and off, and then now he's off because he went on waivers. I think he's down in the AHL again. He is uh, picked up uh, three years ago. He played five years and or five games rather, and then twenty six and fifteen. So. Not very much. Only uh, what thirty some games over, uh, forty games hmm. over, three years. Mark Friedman was the guy that opened my eyes to the fact that the coverage of this team from the beat reporters that they're liars and that a lot of them <laughs> don't say what the fuck is actually going on. Because then all of a sudden, like Mark Friedman is gone, and then the game that he plays the Flyers, the first game in Pittsburgh, 
it's like oh yeah well that guy was a real asshole and everybody fucking hated him when he was here and it's like uh what i still <laughs> yeah. want to know the story behind that like what the fuck yeah. happened that everyone Never fucking hated mark friedman he was only yeah. on the nhl for like uh, a few games like what the fuck did he do that he pissed in everybody's cereal before he left what happened <laughs> oh yeah it's so it's so bad like once once i mean this is symbolic of what happens here is that None of the beat reporters will ever report anything negative happening, you know, with the flyers themselves because they're afraid of not having access and won't say anything. Then once that person is out of the organization and negative information comes out, only then will it be discussed. It's like, Jesus Christ, the only freaking organization that does that out of the other out of out of all the Philadelphia teams, at least. Unbelievable. Anyway, so I got a question. Um. The Flyers recently did their their annual team picture. Any idea if Ryan Ellis was in the team picture? <laughs> I saw you tweeted about that, and I went, eh, I wonder if anybody's going to actually answer that. <laughs> I didn't get any responses. And usually, like, one of the beat writers will post, like, a photo, because they might be, you know, sitting in the stands during that. Um, in fact, almost always I saw photos from B. I didn't see anything this year. Maybe they didn't invite them. Who knows? But yeah, last season it was the bogus excuse that Ellis was too busy to attend the photo. He had treatment going on. Give me a fucking break. Treatment. During the half an hour that that took place, eight months after he was allegedly injured, <laughs> treatment my ass. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It's got to be something somewhere, right? Yeah, I didn't see anything about it. And then was was Katuri? I guess Katuri would be at the picture. And then it begs. And was Atkinson there? Atkinson and, was there. I did see him. Okay. Uh, he was there. Okay. There's one picture so, that came out with Atkinson. So if he was there, then there's no reason why Ryan Ellis and Sean Katuri shouldn't be there. Mm. Got to think Coots would be there. Good old Coots. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's Ray Emery, so that's not this year's. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see a single picture from from a beat on this. Something from Sam Carcidi posted like a close up, the one that I commented on. Um, oh no, it was from Zach Hill, so it wasn't even hmm. Sam. I Oh, God, I'm looking up the images, and I just stumbled upon an image on Google Image that it shows Kevin Hayes skating by in, like, the pregame warm-up, and there's some guy in, a, in like, a flyer's toque at the glass, and he's got a big yellow sign that says, Here for Hayes, <laughs> and it's got the flyer's Jesus. logo. I'm like, wow, dude, just check yourself into a loony bin, man. That's why you bought tickets for Kevin Hayes? Oh, my God. Here for Hayes. You know, I don't, uh... I don't see anything on any of this. Yeah, I can't find it either. I'm trying to look. I see the opening roster, but I don't see the actual team photo. They may not. I mean, the Flyers wouldn't post it yet, but one of the beat writers would tweet it because they would just be in attendance. Like on their phone, they'd take a picture of the photographer taking the Flyers picture because they don't release that until like, like the team doesn't officially release their picture until the end of the year. 
And there's nothing on Twitter about it, so I can't imagine he was there. I feel like somebody yeah. would have made note about it. Maybe uh, maybe they didn't want to wear the jersey because it, their personal beliefs, they just couldn't go to the team picture and wear the <laughs> fucking orange and black oh, jersey. Yeah. Fucking mentions right. over the last few days. I know. It's, it's pretty vile. I can't believe how many people just come out of the woodwork. And they all have fucking four f- followers anyways. It doesn't even matter. I There's cannot believe... Elliot Friedman DM'd me. That's awesome. That was yeah. wild. I didn't even fucking put the pieces together at first. I'm shit at checking my DMs. Um, emails and texts, all that too. So if anybody ever fucking tries to get in contact with me, I don't answer. There's a good chance I just fucking overlook it. But I looked, it was like, uh, and I said whatever he said, and it was like, oh, who is this? And it was Elliot Friedman. I'm like, oh, it's probably just some fucking, you know, Burner yeah. account or some shit, you know, some parody account. I was like, it's the real fucking Elliot Friedman. It's like, what? Like, I know that tweet Amazing. got quite a bit of uh, coverage, but uh, Jesus Christ. I was not expecting he of all people to uh, DM me. I wonder if him and Jeff listen to the shows. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Stealing scoops from In Anthony. In their free time. In their free time, <laughs> every time they listen to other teams' localized podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's good when they, when it's a throwback and they go, "Yeah, remember, yeah. remember when the guys on Frequent Flyer talked about yeah. Bra Lady?" Yeah, I mean, they could probably <laughs> learn a lot from us. Probably. What yeah. uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, the guy's name, uh, mm. Gutter the Great, Jason. Yeah. Jason, yes, Jason. He went. He was. He tweeted awesome. a picture of Bra Lady. Did you guys oh. see that? Oh, yeah, it was like a time hop or something. Yeah, it was like this was like ten years ago or whatever. And I was like, oh my god, there she is, Bra Lady. Yes, <laughs> she actually had a jersey, Bra Lady. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. After the after the bra throwing uh, at the Shen Hattrick game, which I attended. Um, yeah, she had a jersey made up for herself because that was her name from then on. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a real fan, all you posers out there. Uh-huh. All of you, all of uh, you, Twitter assholes. You, uh-huh. you want the flares to try hard? Fucking bra lady, bra lady would. You don't. Do you have any idea what bra lady would do to get Connor Bedard? Do you have any <laughs> yeah. idea? Do you think throwing a bra onto the ice, you know, during a during a, a regular season game or something? Can you imagine what she would do for Connor Bedard? God, I'd love to meet her and go out with coffee with her. Just to pick her brain. Yeah. We could discuss the first thing that pops up. Yeah. <laughs> is she uh is she still like alive? No, probably not. Poor thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe she'd you know, another ten years go by. You know, what's ten years these days? <laughs> <laughs> People are living longer, you know. Jeez. Good lord, she looks like she's seven thousand years old in that picture. Yeah, I know. There's no way she's still around. Poor thing. What a fan. She'd still probably give better advice than fucking Dean Lombardi up in that C-suite. Old bra-tossing hockey fan gives a raunchy interview. Yeah, yeah. We read that. She talked about that she would, like, go down on, like, some of the players. (laughs) She was 80 years old in 2016. Nice. So she might still not, be around. She it's might not impossible. Yeah, she may mm-hmm. still be alive. Bra lady, if you're listening, 
<laughs> if anybody knows wine. how to get in contact with Brawl Lady, please, we will interview her on this show. Yep. And I will take her out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. I'm a happily married man, but she would she would be on my exempt list. <laughs> Anne Duggan is her name. Anne. I think you probably find her. Duggan. Find her in the tri-state area. Yeah. I'll tell the wife. Like, you know what? You got like Leo DiCaprio on your list. Brawl Lady's on <laughs> yeah, my list. Right? <laughs> She's on my list. Well, you search your name and they nothing really just a whole bunch of bra stuff. But like her obituary didn't come up or anything, so I guess it's we could hire a private investigator to find her. <laughs> that doesn't cost yeah. that much. Yeah. That'd be a PI. Yeah. <laughs> Magnum PI is gonna go yeah. look for Bra Lady. Yeah, so they tell us like, okay, so who do you need me to find? Well, this is what I know. Yeah. There was an Ann Duggan in New York who died at the age of 103. I don't think the math works out on that one. Yeah, that's not Bra Lady. (laughs) That's why I need a PI to track her down. You know what? Here's the offer right now. Bra Lady, Miss Miss Duggan, if you're listening. Just like those asshole Ranger fans invaded the Wells Fargo Center. Me and you, MSG. New York shopping extravaganza, fine dining. We're going to invade Madison Square Garden during a Flyers game. And oh yes, we're going to we're going to unleash those tatas on Madison Square Garden. <laughs> the city that never <laughs> sleeps. The big apples are going to be unleashed. <laughs> and those Ranger fans will not know what the fuck just hit them. And I'm there for that. I'm totally there for that. Let's do this. Yeah, there does not appear to be an obituary here for anybody in that age range. So she could still very well be alive. It's out there somewhere. So it's set. Yeah. Somebody on Flyers Twitter has to know her. Somebody's got to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has some sort of relationship or a point of contact to you know, get her thoughts on the team and <laughs> what Briere's going to do. She should be given like a season pass in like the fucking luxury boxes because she is a super fan. She yeah. should be up there. I wonder All if she's the insomnia season ticket holders. Yeah. That, that pizza chef should be cooking for her. Huh. He should be personally cooking her a pizza up in that suite. <laughs> fucking Vili Leno should be fucking, you know what? Vili Leno, I want you to dress me for when we go down to New York City and have that soiree downtown Manhattan. Mm. We'll go to Little Italy first. We'll have a a nice uh, some nice cannelloni. Hopefully you're not sharing a hotel room. (laughs) 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 Have a GoFundMe page. Yeah. Manny's date with Bra Lady. Oh, jeez. What the hell does this show become? What about the grades? Grades for the young players. There's people on Twitter today saying that Morgan Frost gets a B. Plus. Mm. And I'm like, uh, mm. nah. no offense, but the first, like, 
the first like 25 games or so he was maybe eh. like a like a c plus maybe yeah i think maybe c plus mm-hmm. yeah i mean manny you're the teacher here so you kind of have more of a handle on uh on the grading scale for performance related things i give noah cates and uh owen tippett you know more credit because they were consistent yeah like the entire season i would agree with that you know pretty much the same whereas frost was it's definitely he's improved the second half but the first third of the season was yeah i want to see him do this again next year but consistently Mm-hmm. One thing, you know, and yeah, I would agree with those grades. And I'm trying to think of the defenseman as well. Um, one thing that that kind of bothered me, and I haven't looked at the statistics on this with them, but just some contributions offensively from the defenseman, just generally. I mean, they really, as a like as a group, uh, you know, I think they've played okay in their own end, uh, not great, but okay. Uh, but offensively, they've just been just complete non-factors. You know, Sanheim has a couple goals here and there, D'Angelo I guess. has 39 points in 64 games. And okay. then beyond that, it's pretty bad. Provorov, 24. Ugh, Sanheim God. has 20. Ristolainen has 15. York has 15. Sealer's got 13. Including like the fucking just, goal of the year there. Like, that's just, yeah, seriously. I mean, that's just brutal. That's just that's bad. unacceptable yeah. from a defensive core to have that. And you've got guys that you have veterans on that team. Ristolini you know, used to put up 40 points regularly. Like, probably used to contribute offensively. And you're not getting any of that anymore from any of these games. Mm-hmm. That's a huge problem. You know, like you can't function as a successful team and have output like that across the board. Wasn't um, there a time like when the Flyers used to have, have like the league leader and defenseman points there for quite a few years and the late team in and early gosses by errors? Yeah. Like, and they I used think... to be good at this and now it's just fucking borderline non-existent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's a power play thing. I think it's guys. Uh, power play doesn't help either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's part of it. You know, you, they're going to get a lot of points on that. Um, they just, I don't know, maybe it's a coaching thing as well. You know, they're saying we got to figure out our own end first before we figure out the other team's end. I don't know, but this can't, you can't be a successful team and have output like this. You just, you just can't. So with that in mind, I have a hard time giving the defensemen, you know, particularly high, high marks uh, for this season. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, Linen might get, Stalinen is probably their best yeah, bet. And like that's their highest grade. Tells yeah. the fucking story by itself. Sealer. Yeah. Sealer is like Sealer was, a, I guess, overperformed given his role most of the season, but mm-hmm. he's just some random fucking dude. Ristolainen is probably the most consistent for you know the back half of the year. York is fine, but you know he's now enthralled in the mess with everybody else. Sanheim fucking absolutely sucks. Ivan Provorov, man, he he sucks. I mean, he's probably a you know a C C plus. I mean, you know he's played some Doing okay the best defense. With what he's given, I guess. Yeah, he's played he's played high minutes. Can he yeah. play high minutes? Does absolutely nothing offensively. Um, that to me is, I you know that might be even a failing grade for him. And I guess you know you have to grade the players based upon what they're supposed to be doing and what the capabilities his worst are. Offensive output season. 
Uh, Maybe the past couple years have not looked good. Thirty-one points, twenty-six, thirty-six, twenty-six, forty-one, thirty. So yeah, this will be this will be his worst offensive season if he doesn't post any more points between now and the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's a good uh, a good question too. Is who would you give a, a worse grade to? Travis Sanheim, who came in with high expectations for this year and a new contract signed a year early. That, although it doesn't kick in yet until this fucking summer. Oh my god, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or another Tony, one. Or a Tony D'Angelo, who everyone was like, "Yeah, he's not as good as everybody thinks he is." And yes, he did get some points and and is pretty good offensively, but defensively, oh my god, he's when, been very uh, bad. When uh, oh god, who was it that walked right around him? Was oh, it yeah, I remember who it was. Was it Aho? One of the Carolina games. In it, was it in overtime or the late third period? And somebody just walked. I believe right it was in overtime. I believe it was right when overtime started. <laughs> and it was like, oh my god, dude! Like, just put your hands on the guy. You can't let the guy just walk around you, man. You know how bad that looks. I'd no, rather. I think they're both kind of playing as advertised. I mean, the D'Angelo we got is more or less what I expected. It was the Rangers' version of D'Angelo. He's going to put up points in the power play, but it was fucking worthless defensively. And Sandheim's just been worthless for seven years now. You know, whatever he was doing last year wasn't even that good. He just didn't completely suck last year. So neither one of them um, overwhelmed, but neither one of them really underwhelmed either. I think they were right on point as far as what I expected out of them, but... I realize I'm more negative on Sanheim than most people are, but I don't know. I mean, I don't you think can't really give either me. one of them anything greater than a C minus. I think Travis Sanheim probably gets a D, mm. um, and I would give D'Angelo maybe a C minus, yeah, roughly, <clears throat> in that range. <laughs> yeah, at least D'Angelo D. some served uh, served some purpose this season. A D and a D plus. <laughs> like it, like <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> fuck. They've been bad. Like Sanheim. That's the thing is his. The expectations were high, and he had the contract. And then it's like, I can't believe they fucking resigned him on opening. God, what a fucking! <sighs> that that's the guy that is going to be interesting to watch for next year. If he could yeah, bounce, he's interesting back, to watch. Aaron. Great, but if he has another season like this one, ooh, I think this is more of the Sandheim that we're going to see in the future. It's just. It was the I mean, same we, we saw every yeah. year before last year, so, yeah. He doesn't play assertive hockey. He just doesn't play an assertive brand of hockey, which is at odds with what the coach is telling him if this year and for the foreseeable future. So it's just it's just, it's just just two heads butting. It's not going to jive well with with the brand that Tortorella is preaching. It, I don't see him being successful under John Tortorella. I don't really see him being successful – for really any team, unless he's in you know certain positions to score, but he his offensive instincts have diminished over the years. He's not confident in the offensive zone. Um, I just don't see him being particularly useful. I think his development was problematic as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we see some marginal improvements, you know, in various aspects of his game next season. But certainly nothing that would say, oh yeah, I'm so happy we have him signed for the next eight years. No way. Did you see people pulling the should have kept card with Isaac Ratcliffe because he has a couple points in his first game <laughs> with them? I just like 
I have watched every game Ratcliffe played with the Phantoms. The guy fucking was brutal the whole time for four years now. Worthless. He he was fine last year when he got sent back down after his call-up. He definitely had a, a spark under him a little bit. But holy fucking shit. The guy's six foot eight, completely useless scoring, is the, the least physical player on the team. Worthless. Fucking worthless hockey player. And people, you know, he had a couple points in his first few games in, in Milwaukee or where the hell he's playing these days. And people are just like, oh my god, we should have kept. And, you know, be, well, it's the development. Uh, this, And I'm just like, there's something about that. And, and I, I do think at some point the development of these players has been stalled or fucked up to a certain extent. But, like, every time pe- people pull the development card, like, you assume that everyone's ceiling is like Connor McDavid, right? And if they don't get there, then it's their development that's flawed versus just the fact that they're not good players to begin with, right? It's like fucking Rubsov. Like, Rubsov failed miserably. Well, was he supposed to be McDavid? No, he's some random fucking dude who was on fucking performing enhancing drugs when you drafted him. And he wasn't going to fucking... I just... The lack of development or failed development is just, I hate that phrase because I feel like it's just a, a complete cop-out for the shit picks that Hextall had. Mm-hmm. It's and, only part of the equation. I it, 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 like, I'm sure to an extent it happened, but like he Ratcliffe was there for the Scott Gordon era. He survived two different coaching eras in fucking mm-hmm. Lehigh Valley and was shit through both of them. Yeah, it's just, when I saw people pull that show to Kept Carter, that Isaac Ratcliffe, I was losing my goddamn mind. Because fucking nobody watched him play in Lehigh, except me, apparently. And watched how goddamn useless he was all these years. Ah, it drives me nuts. Development. Development. It's called, you drafted shit players, and they fucking didn't amount to anything, because they're shit players. <sighs> why, is it, why is it automatically development? Like... That's that's the knee jerk. Like, let's shit on ourselves. Yeah. And as much as people say, "Oh, you guys are negative," dude, fucking Philly fans are negative. Okay, they are. <laughs> the, it's what they kind of do. Why can't it be possible that Isaac Ratcliffe, after getting traded to a new organization, kind of thought, "You know what? Fuck, this is a fresh start. I'm gonna really play my ass off, and I'm gonna try to impress people my first, you know, six seven games here." And the results happen to come. Yeah. Why can't that have happened? Not saying he's not a good player or, a be- or he's not a great player, yeah, but which is the more likely explanation? But like yeah. he, <laughs> he just started at a new job, you know, in a new organization, and he's trying to new coaching staff. He wants to impress them. Players he's never played with before. He wants to play with them. Whereas he spent years with fucking Lappy and with all this shit. Scott Gordon and all these losers and in, in on the the phantoms that never got anywhere and it is what it is it got stale it got old and he just he needed a change sometimes you need a change we need a change we need the team to fucking do something but they should make a change just for change sake <laughs> that's yeah. what everybody says I disagree with that so much. I think there are certain circumstances where you absolutely, in sports, absolutely do make a change for change's sake. Yeah, I think the Flyers have been pretty desperate for those uh, shakeups these days. 
Even if it's just yeah. fucking hockey deals at this point, just fucking make something happen. Why can I not find the fucking Milwaukee Admiral stats? How hard is this? They have, if I remember, they've got really good uniforms. They do. I'm a big fan of their jerseys. Nice. What is happening? 2021. No, not 2021. Jesus, tap dancing. Christ. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, and I guess one of the things, too, and I'm glad you guys brought up uh, the fandoms here. What do you, you know, the Flyers are allegedly going to be going through a, a big overhaul in how they conduct business, how they conduct themselves internally. Um, obviously, Lappy will stay as head coach because Lappy does whatever the hell he wants in this organization. <laughs> um, but is there, you know, and I guess, Dan, you, you're a season ticket holder. You see the games more than virtually anybody that comments on them. Um is there any concern with keeping him as head coach as this restructuring takes place and, you know, to get somebody more experienced in there? How do you, how do you see that? I think he's done a fine job this year, LaPerriere and the coaching staff down there, Jason Smith and Riley Armstrong and whatever the fucking fourth guy's name is. I can never remember his name, but uh, I think they were left with very little choice, but to roll with the kids because there's so few veterans on that team you know, it really was a, a an injection of youth, and I think they handled them well for the most part. I, I really don't have a lot of complaints with the way the Phantoms went about their team this year and went about their systems. Um, are there better options out there than LaPerriere and the band of misfits they've got right now? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, in terms of um, complaining, you know, I know Ian LaPerriere is a guy, and listen, I've had my fair share of arguments and complaints about this guy over the years as well. But for the time being, the role that he's serving with the Phantoms, I don't have a whole lot of problem with him this year. Um, I, 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 this guy's a fucking cockroach. He's never going to lead this organization, so I can't imagine he's going anywhere anytime soon. But I don't know. I, I didn't think he did a bad job this year, all things considered. Um, with a lot of that that team, and I mean, they, they, they were a pretty well oiled group until the call ups started happening. Once Danoye got called and Forrester and got sent down, Alexa was up and down. Like I think it destroyed a lot of the chemistry that that team had because they were they were a well oiled machine there. Pretty much once the calendar turned, uh, turned to twenty twenty three, and then mid February rolls around, and all these guys are getting called up and sent down. All of a sudden, they look like mm. a hot fucking mess. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really have not had many complaints at all with the Phantoms this year. I think you they accomplished a lot of their goals in, in developing the youth. And, you know, Forster um, looked very good through most of the season. And it is interesting. He was a guy that the had all the pieces, for sure, in terms of talent. And he just, he would get to a certain level in the HL and then cool back down and get back to that certain and cool back down. It's always like, fuck man. I was waiting for him to kind of develop, take that next step and kind of hit that stride and put the team on his back and carry him and be the true leader. And he was one of their better players, but he was just was never that mm-hmm. leader. And it's kind of like, man, like when is this going to happen? And then he gets recalled and he's all of a sudden a superstar with the flyers in a few games. And you know, some people make that move. You know, so it just, it goes back to the development is not linear pattern for everybody. You know, in some cases it makes it safe. Albie Kubel was one of those guys. He was just a dude in Lehigh for all those years. And was it 1920, 1819, whatever the hell he fucking got sent down out of camp and they got called back up, you know, and he was a whole lot of fun that year. Well, so he just rose to the fucking occasion of the NHL, you know. So there are 
a lot of, of positives down there and with the Phantoms okay. this year. So overall, cool. I'm I'm pleased with Ian LaPerriere and, and Jason Smith. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the reality of, of these AHL teams, though, is that their purpose is to supply players as needed for the main NHL club. And, you know, that's the reality of how the roster is going to go with these call-ups um, on on an annual basis. Maybe the Flyers a little bit more than normal, you know, if they want to integrate some more young players. Um, but that's got to be something that's difficult and I don't know how other teams manage that. You know, how do you become super successful on a year-to-year basis as an AHL team when your big club is, in theory, ruining your roster or putting your roster in a blender for a couple months at a time? You just keep a strong influx of prospects coming at all times to to make that happen. You know, the, the Penguins did it for years with the, the club, and uh, Hershey Bears are very successful now. The Bruins are successful. Um they they just have pretty constant, you know. They they may not even be NHL prospects, or just end up being fucking good AHLers. And I I think a lot of that during the later Hextall era, you know, the original guys, the Sanheim and Moran and Phil Myers and shit like that, they were pretty good. You know, that that era of Lehigh mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. And then once they started making the recall, and you were left with the Rubsovs and the Ratcliffs and the Shushkos and shit like that, who just weren't very fucking good. That team really sucked the last <laughs> few years. And now you have the influx of Forster. I mean, this is technically Forster's third AHL season already, um, because he was the you know eligible during the pandemic. You know, a lot of these guys are, are making the jump and playing well. And Bobby Brink was a high end talent, and Zamula and Adder have come a long way this year. You know, it's just I, I I think the quality of player there, both prospect and veteran, the few veterans that they do have, are significantly higher than they have been the last few years. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just supply the team with talent, with real talent, and not you know these fucking. Uh, you know, Brendan Solniers, who are there just to punch people in the fucking face. You know, you don't need that anymore. If you add talent to a, an NHL roster, you're going to have some level of success. Um, coaching helps. You know, the fucking Providence Bruins are one of the best defensive teams I think I've ever fucking seen <laughs> this season. They're just some mm-hmm. random AHL group. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think a lot of it just boils down to sheer roster talent and sheer prospect down and it's something that you know they really shouldn't have a problem with over the next few years as these guys continue to make the jump so at least get a couple games of playoff experience see what happens after that but so i found uh isaac radcliffe stats so 11 games with the milwaukee one goal eight assists nine points should have kept he's a minus five and he's got 12 penalty minutes (laughs) Yeah, I should have kept. I mean, how old is he now? Like 27? <laughs> 24. 24, okay. God, that's it? Jesus. Yeah, I feel like he was drafted like a decade ago. <laughs> By Hexy. He was a Hexy pick. Yep. Second rounder from the Hexy era. That's the whole thing with this Flyers era. The the, the merger of the Hextall yeah, and The Fletcher merger is era. right, yeah. It's like, you know how those like two and a half years of COVID or whatever, it was like time was at a standstill and it all felt the same that's how this last decade of flyers hockey's been like it's like all one yeah. just long continuum filled shit like just a log yeah it's same thing totally right man that's the exact way i felt about it too um you know like the last 
like the last time the team felt different to me, I, I have to rewind to probably like when Vinny LeCavalier was on the team. <laughs> like that's the last time I kind of got the feeling the team, I mean, they weren't that good, but they were just felt different. And then since like one year that he was here for the past decade, it every year kind of feels the same regardless of whether they're maybe making the playoffs in some of those years or not. It's just the same freaking team. I have no, I remember all the players that were on this team over the last 10 years, but like, I have no recollection of when they played like Michael Delzato. When the fuck was this guy a flyer? I remember it. I just couldn't tell you what years off the top of my head. Mark Strike. What the fuck? Like they were all here. I just don't, I, I, off the top of my head, it's just, it all blends together so much. The early days of the Hextall era. And now the whole fucking Fletcher era. I I have no recollection of when any (laughs) of this shit happened. I remember it. I just don't fucking know when it was. It's like, God. It's, just, it's all the yeah. fucking same. Nothing distinguished themselves. Like, nobody distinguished themselves. There was just, there's nothing interesting that happened. I think the most interesting that ever happened with this team was playing in the stadium series um, against the Penguins. Uh, probably the game at the link because they won that one. Uh, but other than that, there's literally nothing even remotely interesting that happened. Nope. It's just it's stupid. It's like, nothing was built. They built nothing. No. Oh, God. It's all the fucking same. Chris Vandevelde was here for a long time, but I don't know what years. Yeah. Couldn't tell you without looking it up. Feels like it was just yesterday, him and him and Belly on the fourth line. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> 